Good morning, everybody. It's so great to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. I am Pastor Tim. I'm the youth pastor here at Only Believe, and I'm so glad that you're here. If you're a first-time guest with us, thank you so much for joining us. We love that you're here with us. We would like to know who you are, though, so if you feel comfortable with it, there's a QR code that you can scan that will take you to a short form that you can fill out. It just lets us know who you are, that you were here with us today, and we can reach out and just let you know we care about you. You can scan the QR code right up there on the screen, or if that's too far away, there's a QR code on the back of the pew right in front of you that you can scan. And again, that'll just let us know that you're here with us. And then if you're joining us via live stream this morning, make sure you say hi. Let us know you're there as well. We appreciate you joining us, and we know that God can touch you right there in your house just like he could if you were in the building. But we'd love to have you be in the building with us. So come join us sometime. I got two quick announcements. The first one is this. If you are a guy in the building, then we have a brotherhood breakfast coming up, which is a men's, it's a men's group, but it's a big men's group. Everybody that's a man can come to it. You can bring your sons to it. It's going to be great. Uh, that's happening this coming Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. right out there in the lobby of, of this building. And it'll be a good time of just fellowship, prayer. We're going to eat some good food. I want to encourage you to be there and bring bring your sons with you. Now, the conversation, the, de the devotion this week is on purity, so just be mindful of that. We will be talking about purity, um, but it'll be a great time together, and so we hope you can join us. And then uh, if you're married, if you're married, go ahead and stand up if you're married. Go ahead. I know I'm calling you out. Stand up. Stand up. Yep. Married people. It's, it's the love month. And uh, because it's the love month, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. And here's what your spouse wants. They won't tell you this. They want, I'm going to give you a secret today. They won't tell you this. But what they really want for Valentine's Day this year is for you to sign up for the Love Your Marriage Conference. That's what they want you to do. They won't say it. If you ask them, they'll deny it. But that's what they want. So make sure that you guys sign up for the Love Your Marriage. And I'll even say this. If you're single but you want to get married, you should sign up for it. It's always good to get prepared in advance for marriage. It'll help you out. All right, everybody stand to your feet now. Go ahead, stand back up. We'll get everybody going. We'll get everybody involved here. Oh, yeah, sign up for small groups. If you haven't signed up for small groups, today's your last chance to do so because they start Wednesday. And then if you're new here, new to our church, but you want to be a part of this church, like you're ready to say, this is my church, we have a thing called Next Steps that's happening right after service today. And if you want to say, this is my church, then I encourage you to join us for Next Steps. You can get all the information you need about that and everything else happening here at the church right out at the lobby. All right, as we enter into worship today, I want to read you Psalms 100. It says this, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This morning we're going to praise and worship the king who is faithful through all generations. His love is faithful through all generations. Let's give him the praise and worship he deserves this morning. valley and praise on the mountain I'll praise when I'm sure and praise when I'm doubting I'll praise when outnumbered 
and praise winds surrounded. Cause praise is the water my enemies drowned in. As long as I'm breathing, I've got a reason to praise the Lord, oh my soul. I'll praise when I feel it And I'll praise when I don't I praise cause I know That you're still in control My praise is a weapon It's more than a sound My praise is the shout That brings Jericho down soul praise the Lord oh my soul yeah I won't be quiet my God is alive how could I keep it inside praise the Lord oh my soul Cause you're sovereign, praise cause you reign, praise cause you rose and defeated the grave. I praise cause you're faithful, praise cause you're true, praise cause there's nobody greater than you. I praise cause you're sovereign, praise cause you reign, praise cause you rose and defeated the grave. I praise cause you're faithful, praise cause you're true, praise cause there's nobody greater than you.
place to hide this weary soul this bag of bones and I try with all my might but I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting a vagabond oh yes and just when I ran how the road I met a man I didn't know and he told me Change my name forever free. I'm not. 
faithful that he came and he died for us so we are no longer in that grave amen oh come on let's sing this out this morning we're gonna sing get up out of that grave come on jesus came to save us so we did not have to be in that place anymore let's sing this out oh get up out of that grave get up get up get up oh get up out of that grave get up get up get up get up out of that grave Get up, get up, get up, oh get up out that grave. Get up, get up, get up, oh get up out that grave. Get up, get up, get up, oh get up out that grave. Oh get up, get up, get up, get up out that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out that grave. Get up, get up, get up, oh get up out that grave. Get up, get up, get up, oh get up out that grave. Oh get up, get up, get up, get up out that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up. He picked me up, turned me around. He placed, oh yes. I think, come on, let's sing that again. He picked me up, because he picked me up, turned me around. Place my feet on solid ground. I think the master, I think the savior, because he healed my heart, he changed my name forever free. I think the master, I think the savior, because I think the master. I think the oh yes, I think the master, I think the savior, I think God. Oh, I think God. Psalms 23, Psalms 23 says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Use this spoken word that I have given you. Use this tool. If the galaxies and the heavens were framed by my spoken word and the earth was weighed in its balance by my spoken word, then how much more can it move your mountains? Use this tool that I have given you. Get up and use my spoken word. Amen.
digging up your roots from where you have been planted. But I tell you today that that is not me. That is not my voice speaking those things to you. And if you leave, if you heed those words, saith the Lord, you will be snuffing out my spirit within you for the things that I have called you to do. For I have ordained you to be in this place and I have chosen you and called you to this house. And I tell you again, my people, to dig your roots down deep. Just because things change, I remind you this morning, saith the Lord, that I do not. Just because things happen, I remind you, saith the Lord, that my word still stands and my promises still remain true. And all my promises are yea and amen, saith the Lord. And I remind you today that I am in control. I remind you today of the words that I have spoken yet again and again and again and again and again for I am not lack concerning my promises towards you saith the Lord and I tell you this morning if you dig your roots down deep just as I have spoken my word over you this morning about those who dwell in the house of the Lord you are to dwell in my house saith the Lord dig your roots deep dig your roots deep and see what I will do within you. Amen. Amen. Cause we need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. A holy anointing, the power of your presence pour your spirit out pour your spirit out cause we need cause we need a fresh wind the fragrance of heaven pour your spirit out Lord pour your spirit 
specifically saw a loss of uh, a spouse or children and if that is you and it might be several people I'd like uh, I'd like you to come down here and meet me and whoever else wants to pray uh, because I believe that God has a miracle for you and uh, that he wants to speak to you. So whoever that is, we'll play this, uh, play a little bit of music here. And if that's you, um, feel free to come down here and we'll pray for you, pray with you.
Hallelujah, 
Oh, my children, my children, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And as I looked out over Jerusalem and my soul and my heart longed for you, that is my heart towards my people, towards my church today. I tell you today, great things, great things are in store for you. For I came to pour out my life to all men. And on that day, that same spirit that raised me from the dead, that spirit now dwells on the inside of you. Everything that you long for, everything that you need is living right on the inside of you. You have re been redeemed from the past, from the curse, from the law. It is a newness of life. My Holy Spirit that has came to redeem you and to redeem all mankind. And as I have put that spirit on the inside of you, I call you as a people to rise up, to be free, free from the past, because old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. Take my spirit, that Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you, and preach the gospel to all people, to your family. Use it to set people free, to set yourselves free. Use my word, use my spirit, use the power that I've been giving you to set yourselves free, to help set your families free, and then in your city and all around you. I have equipped you and given you everything that you need. And I just say to you, like I longed for those and for those people that did not heed my voice, but I have longed for my church. And today, if you hear my voice, don't harden your heart, but hear of my love for you, the love that you have dwelling on the inside of you. It is enough to be free and to show forth that light to a dark and dying and lost world. In Jesus' name, amen. So come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise. Come on, let's sing this out of this place. Oh, so come on. So come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Oh, 
of your soul Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Oh, let's sing it one more time So come on my soul Don't you dear child me lift up your soul Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord So it is tithing offering time. If you need a tithing offering envelope, uh, there should be one in the back of the pew in front of you. Uh, if there's not, one of these good-looking gentlemen walking down the aisle will get you one in your hand. And let's not forget the blue one as well uh, to help the church pay off its debt. So, you know, God talks to us in many different ways. And most of you know what I do for a living. So I'm asking God, what, what should I talk about? So I told Jane, we can talk about vision. Or we can talk about taxes. She didn't have her glasses on, but that's the look I got on the taxes. So we're going with vision. I think Jane heard from the Lord. Amen. And I appreciate what the words that came forth this morning line right up. So I go to Webster and find out, okay, we need to have vision. It's early in the year. So let's get a definition of what vision is. Now, aside from it being, you know, I can see you. That's vision. There's several definitions in there. And uh, so one of the definitions says it's a thought, a concept, or an object formed by the imagination. Another one was a manifestation to the senses of something immaterial. Now, I guess the best example I've got of that is I had my, my father-in-law, Irvin, Jane's dad, uh, he was kind of an artist type guy. And he could take a uh, canvas and a paintbrush and some colors and absolutely just wow you. And he'd draw a line across this canvas and he'd put a water at the bottom and then he'd put a sunrise on the top and he'd get done with that and they'd take a break. And I'd, I'd come in there and I'm like, Irvin, that's beautiful. Don't do anything else to it. It's perfect. And then sure enough, he'd grab a paintbrush and he'd slop off half a third of this thing on one side. What are you doing? You're ruining the picture. And all of a sudden, he'd start putting a mountain on there. Next thing I'm saying, Urban, that's gorgeous. You need to sell that thing. What are you doing? Just leave it alone. Let it go. And the next thing, he'd take a break. And then he'd come back in. He'd take off a corner of it. And then he'd put a, a little house on there, a little cottage with like a cobblestone driveway going off into the woods. All that was up here in his mind before he ever picked up that canvas. So he knew what he wanted. God has our vision for our lives. And we need to get a vision established in our lives because it causes us to make right decisions is one thing. Uh, Proverbs 29:18. if they can put that up there. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. A vision will bring you joy because the distractions in life don't bother you. So where there's no vision, the people perish. That's not something I want to do. I'm not interested in perishing. 
I'm enjoying my life, and it's good. Okay? Uh, so, in, and then if we look at uh, John 14.6. I don't think I told you guys that one earlier. I apologize about that. But it says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's vision. It was life. It's not perishing. So, get in the Word, and I think that's exactly what we were hearing this morning up here with the words that came forth. Get in the Word. God has your vision. Focus on Him. Pray to Him. Spend time in prayer. Spend time fasting. And there's one other thing I want to add to that. You know, we were born with two ears and one mouth. So we need to listen twice as much as we talk. Somebody got blessed right there, David. Somebody got blessed right there. Uh, the closer we pull to God, the closer he'll pull to us. And as we're coming closer together, you know, if I'm in the downstairs of the house and Jane's upstairs, I'm up there hollering or she's hollering at me and I'm hollering at her trying to communicate. But the closer we get together in the house, the softer we can talk because we can hear each other and see each other and understand each other. And the last thing I want to cover on vision, write it down. You have to write your vision down. Uh, in Habak Habakkuk, Habakkuk, whatever you say it, 2-2, two, two, it says, write the vision, write the vision and make it plain on the tables that he may run that readeth it. So writing it down is going to do several things for you. First of all, it's going to keep it in front of you. You're going to know what it is. Second, it's going to allow you to communicate to others. Hang it on your refrigerator. Let other people see it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's also going to keep you from changing it. Sometimes desires in life will look at our uh, purpose. And, you know, I kind of like to have that over there. It's going to take me off course here a little bit. But I'm going to move over here and get that car that I want. Maybe that's going to cost me more money than I want to spend on it. It allows you to focus on it. It allows you to make clear, clear decisions. Harvard had a study uh, for people that are getting an MBA. So hundreds of students that are getting ready to graduate from Harvard with their masters in business were asked this question. What are you gonna do upon graduation? What are you gonna do? Simple question. 84% said, I'm not really sure. You know, I'm about to get my masters I think once I get out of here, it should open doors for me and I can then make some decisions to move forward. 13% said, I got a plan. It's up here. I got a plan. You know, I'll tell you what the plan is. This is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. 3% said, let me show you. I've got it written down right here. It's just written down. This is my plans. When I get out of here, this is exactly where I'm going to. This is exactly what I'm going after. Ten years after that study took place, they went back to all the same students. What's your status now? And I think it's very revealing about writing down your vision. The 13% that they had said they had a plan. Sometimes I think we don't want to say what our plans are. So they had it up here. They didn't write it down. You know, because people will look at you when, you when you say, this is my plan. And I've heard this on many occasions. Dave, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I've heard that many occasions. I've got brothers, so they just talk to me that way, okay? 
Uh, but the 13% that had a plan up here, they had made twice as much as the 84% group that didn't have a plan at all because they're setting direction in their life. That's what we heard this morning. Let God set that direction and you will be blessed. The 3% group that had a plan written down had made 10 times more than the other 97% combined. So even the world knows, the Bible's right, where it says write down the vision because it allows you to focus, it gives you direction, and it keeps you from looking at distractions. You know, when somebody's running a race, you don't see them waving at the crowd, looking at the signs as they go by. They're focused on the goal, on the vision. We need to do that as a church. We need to do that individually. We need to do that as families. Get a vision and write it down. So I'm asking you this morning when you come up here and put your uh, tithes and your offerings in the buckets, put that in there with a purpose. Don't aimlessly come up, drop it in. You know what? I made my commitment. I met my obligation. God wants a tithe. There you go. Put it in there with a purpose. If you don't have a vision, put it in there to get one. You will. God will talk to you. Spend time with him. If you do have a vision, let it add to your existing one. God will modify these. You know, the Bible says things change line upon line, precept upon precept. Your vision will do the same thing. The core of it will probably never change. But your approach and the paths you take may. And the other thing you want to do is, I'm asking God to give me the courage to pursue the vision that he's put in my life. It takes faith to do these things. Everybody was laughing at Noah, but he had a vision that came from God. People aren't going to maybe necessarily expect you to carry out this vision. They may think it's foolish. Get your sight and your vision from God. Plant a seed this morning to lock that thing in. Amen. Let's lock in a vision. Let's get a vision. Let's move forward. And let God be God. Amen. Let's pray over your tithes and offerings. Father, I come before you in the name of your son, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the vision, Father. I thank you for the word that came forth here this morning. I thank you for the word that's about to come forth. Lord, let it sink into our hearts. Let it be a seed that gets planted in our lives, Father. Help us to water it, fertilize it, grow it. Father, so that we are pleasing to you. That's our main goal, Father, is to be please you and do what you want for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Bring forth the tithes and offerings.
Well, good morning, family of faith. How are y'all doing today? Great. Oh, my goodness, that was like three people. <laughs> How about we try that again? Good morning, family of faith. How are we doing today? Great. Oh, good. All right. I'm glad to know you're still alive. Good job. What's well, good to be with you today? How about this? You turn to your neighbor or the closest person to you and say, it is so amazing to see you today. Let them know. So amazing to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. So let's, uh, let's make some introductions this morning. I'm going to introduce myself to you in just a second if you don't know who I am. Um, but I want to know who you are. How about that? So on the count of three, I want everybody here to say your first name only out loud, loud enough that I can hear it. Now, how many of you know me personally? Anybody? I wear hearing aids. So... When I say say it loud enough that I can hear you, that means you have to say it loud enough that I can hear you, okay? So introduce yourself to me this morning. One, two, three. Oh, wow. It's good to meet you this morning. My name's Kylan. Um, I am the campus pastor of the Urbana Only Believe campus. And by the way, I've been pastoring in some capacity for Only Believe since 1997. So if you want to do the math on that, it's a long time. But it's good to have you this morning, and, and it's my privilege to be with you. Um, uh, by the way, you said your name out loud, and I know I, I couldn't hear everybody's name, but I'll tell you a couple places where your name can be heard relationally. Number one is Next Steps, and that's today right after church. And if you want to be at Next Steps, even if you didn't sign up, I encourage you to be there. So if you've been coming to church here and you say, this, yeah, this is my family of faith. I want to get connected and know more about the church. That's what Next Step is all about. It'll tell you about the church, about the leadership, how we're structured. It'll tell you how to get connected in small groups and even dream teams. So if you want to, uh, right after church, if you go out in the lobby, this hallway that goes down here, room 305 is back in that corner. That's where it's meeting. And if you didn't sign up, it doesn't matter. Go there, bring your kids, they have child care for you, and they're providing lunch. So that, that's the bonus right there. So go out for next steps. And then also beginning this Wednesday night is the next semester of small groups. And that's another place where your name can be known uh, relationally and personally. So next steps is about uh, church leadership getting to know you, and small groups is about you guys getting to know one another. And by the way, we believe in small groups is another place that you can find freedom in your journey with Jesus. So after church, if you didn't sign up for a small group that starts this Wednesday, head right out to the Welcome Center, right in the middle of the lobby, sign up there, and they will help you out. All right. What's going to be with you? Um, my job today, I've been asked to come today while uh, some of the leadership is on vacation. By the way, pray for your leadership that's on vacation, that they have a restful vacation. Amen. But my job today is to introduce the series that is for the month of February called Back in Order. So if you have your Bibles, uh, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 5. Now, before we get to that scripture, I, I want to uh, kind of give you a tagline for this series. And the tagline is this, and, and Karen's back there on the computer. By the way, she does an amazing job for you. Let's give her a hand. She does a wonderful job putting everything you see up on the screen. And, and you never notice, by the way, you never notice the people that do these things until they, something bad happens, right? You know what I'm saying? But we should always acknowledge everybody who does a wonderful job all the time, amen? So Karen has a screen to put up there. This is a tagline for the series. Life is best when ordered God's way. You put that in your heart. Life is best 
when ordered God's way. So here's the thing. Everybody has priorities. The things that make up your life. Uh, your marriage, if you're married, kids, if you have kids, maybe you're far enough along, you have grandkids, uh, your job, uh, ministry, church. By the way, your hobbies, your recreation, your rest, uh, the, the things that um, take up your attention, the things that take your time, and, and by the way, what always goes with it, the things that take your money. Everybody has priorities. And for those of us who follow Jesus, we also know we're to be people of the word, right? The only time uh, that you get into the Bible, if it's only when you come to church on Sunday, that's not good. We should be people of the word. People of prayer, personal prayer, right? So life has all of these different things that you're trying to put together in an order that's productive for you and the people that are around you. And sometimes we end up juggling all these different priorities in life and trying to make them fit and make them work and make it productive. And sometimes it's a struggle. But see, life is best when ordered God's way. And when you follow him, he will bring an order to your life that's not only productive for you, but for the people around you. So that's what the series is about. So my job today is to give you a big picture look at ordering your life God's way in the next three weeks, they'll talk more details about some of the things in the priority order. But Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So trust is a big word, by the way. It takes a while to build it, but it can be lost in just a matter of moments. We are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Now, scripturally, that heart is the center of your being. It is who you are. We're to trust God with the center of our lives and give it to him. Trust him. But here's the thing is when you begin to trust the Lord with all of your hearts you'll start to learn that leaning on your own understanding is not the best thing. And we must trust him in a way that we lean on his understanding and his ways. Because what happens is when you do that, then you will begin to acknowledge him with all of your ways. In other words, everything that you do, you acknowledge him in a way that you give your ways to him so then he can lead you in the best way to live life. Now, now by the way, Life is best when lived God's way. That does not mean your life will be perfect. Nor does it mean your life will be without trials. Nor does it mean that sometimes you don't feel like you get knocked over and get some bloody knees, you know. But what it means is the ways of righteousness. The ways of true life and abundant life. That's where he wants you to be, you know that? God has your best interests in mind. Life is best when ordered God's way. Now, when it comes to things in your life, know this. There's a whole lot of stuff that shouldn't be in your life. Sin. 
See, when God starts to order your life and, and, and you come to him in repentance and the forgiveness of your sin, he'll start to let you know that one of the orders of life is then to not have sin in your life. And there should be a resounding amen when we say that. So sin shouldn't be in your life. By the way, there, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of stuff uh, that's not necessarily sin, but it's not beneficial to you in the way it takes priority. I'll give you an example. Now, this is not sinful, but buddy, if you sit there in your evenings and just to the neglect of your spouse, to the neglect of your kids, to the neglect of maybe exercise, this is not beneficial. How many know what I'm talking about? Well, God will come in and he will start to order your life and he'll start to make you self-aware. That's a big word. Self, two parts, self-aware. That not only is it about keeping sin out so we're in the ways of righteousness and learning what it means to live an abundant life, but then he'll start to order your life in a way that even things that should be there are in their proper order too. So kind of like this. Here, here may be an example. I, I'm, I'm married, obviously. My wife's sitting right there with my old son, by the way. And it's good for me to be married, amen, because, well, I chose to do that. That was my choice, purpose in my life. Now I'm responsible to it. But you know, I also have a job. I mean, you know, it's good to, to work hard. There's nothing wrong with having a job and to be married, but if my job is causing me to neglect my spouse, then my job is out of order in my life. See what I'm getting at? Life is best when ordered God's way. So God will bring an order to your life of priority. So the abundance of life is not just lived in the paths of righteousness, but then me as a follower of Jesus, I am doing things necessary to carry responsibility in my life in a proper way. If you're married, that's responsibility. If you have a job, it's a responsibility. If you have kids, it's a responsibility. But there's an order to these things to do it productively. But by the way, uh, things in your life that aren't bad but can get out of whack, your hobbies, your recreation, nothing wrong with those things. God makes you in a way that you like to do things. But they need to be in a proper place in the priorities of your life. So here's a big question that, that we all face, and I want to give it to you this morning. It's the second slide, Karen, if you'll throw it up for me, please. Here's a question. Do I believe God's way is the best way? Big question. Do I, do I really believe it? Now, now listen, listen to me. When we come together in church like this, that's easy to say. And there's nobody in this room, if you're a follower of Jesus, that would say, well, I, don't, I always believe God's way is the best way. But here's the thing. In actual practice, it's a whole other story. Amen. Do you actually really honestly believe that his way is the best way? Yeah. Yeah, that's a big question. Not only when it comes to sin, when you're facing temptation, is his way the best way? But how you then order your life, is his way the best way? And you'll face that question almost on a daily basis as you face decisions that you make.
And it's not just about sin, but it's about the things that take up your attention and the things that take up your time and ultimately the things that you spend your money on. Do I really believe that his way is the best way? Because that's the whole business about trusting God with all of your heart. Not leaning on your own understanding, but learning to lean on his wisdom. Proverbs 2.6 says, the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Listen to me. One of the best things you can pray every day is that passage of scripture. Lord, give me wisdom. In fact, give me a double portion of it. I want to live in your ways and your wisdom. And, and I acknowledge God in all of my ways. That, that is saying, I believe that your best, your way is the best way. And each day I choose, I choose, I choose purposely to follow it. Your way is the best way. Now, I'm about to split some hairs with you. I want to kind of give you a mentality this morning about something. I want to split some hairs. How many of you have ever heard when talking about salvation, it said, to be saved is to accept Jesus into your heart. How many ever heard that? Okay, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I'm going to split some hairs on it. I don't like it. I'll tell you why. Because when I accept Jesus into my heart, it almost sounds like I'm going to bring Jesus in and fit him in my life somehow. In a way that I, I like to still do this on my terms. Jesus is something I'm going to try to fit in there. I'd rather in salvation say not that Jesus comes into my heart, but I give my life to him. And no longer is it on your terms in any manner. See, God is not something you try to fit in your life when you feel like it. He's not something you try to put in your life when you think it benefits you in the moment. But the Christian life is the entirety of your life being given to him so much because you trust him. And no longer live in your own ways and your own understanding, but everything that I do, I acknowledge him because he's my savior. Listen, Jesus is my savior. He saved me, but he's also my Lord. In other words, he directs me. We like Jesus to be our savior, but we often don't like him to be our Lord. We want Jesus when it benefits me. I'm sinful. Forgive me. But when God starts to order my life, we're like, wait a second. I don't know about this. I'd rather do it my way. And, and now, now you're fighting whether or not you do ways on your terms or his terms. Do I really believe that God's way is the best way? Psalm chapter 32, if you'll turn there. Psalm chapter 32 and verse number 8. says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, and I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not, now watch, do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. You see that? See, God wants us, remember, he has your best interest in mind. 
is trying to teach you and guide you in a way to live. Don't be like a horse or a mule that the only way they obey is with a bit and a bridle. Being forced to do what the rider wants it to do. So I grew up around horses. My, my grandfather had horses. My dad had horses. My brother had horses. I was not a horse lover, but I have been on a horse. I grew up around them. Every once in a while, you get on a horse that normally was very good natured, but that day they're just a bugger. And they don't want to listen to anything you're trying to do with them. You're telling them to turn this way, they're going that way. You know what I'm saying? And they want nothing to do with being directed that day. Don't be like that with God. God should not have to fight with you to stay on the way that he's trying to lead you in. Allow him to teach you, but allow him to guide you too. And here's the thing. To guide you even when you don't understand why. To guide you even when you don't like it. To guide you when you know right here in this moment it's not going to benefit me. You see that? Now, there was something that I, I will say about that and kind of put this note down. When you don't understand and you don't like it and all that business... Learn to start to seek the heart of God and grow in that. Because for every what that he says, in other words, a what is uh, do this, a what is don't do this, seek his heart as to why behind the what. As you grow in those things, by the way, your desires will grow and change too with that. But ultimately, at the beginning, obedience is needed. Why? Because I trust him, and I believe his way is the best way, and I believe life is best when ordered by him, so I give my life to him. And I follow him. This is what God is after. And I want you to catch the heart of God and what he's after. Everything that God has you do or everything that God says not to do, big picture is this. Somehow, some way, it's connected to living abundant life. Free from sin and flowing out of relationship with him. It is all about abundant life. You see that? It's life because he knows what's best. And that path of, of being straight with him are connected to it. He knows what's best. God is not the cosmic rule maker in the sky that's trying to get you to do a bunch of stuff you don't want to do. He's not the cosmic rule maker of the sky trying to uh, take away your fun. He's not the cosmic rule maker of the sky trying to take away some of your freedom. He is the God who loves you and what knows what's best for you is trying to get you to understand this is abundant life. Quit fighting him about it. When you're in the scriptures and you see something, you go, ah, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, well you know, when, when Paul wrote that, he didn't know my circumstance. So we put a but on the end of the sentence, but, and we throw our hypotheticals out there, and we argue with God about stuff. He knows what's best. 
And believe it or not, he has your best interest in mind. To trust him with all of your hearts. And follow him. See, God cannot be one of the priorities of your life. Because eventually he won't be the top. God is whom you've given your life to, who in turn then sets the priorities of your life. Different way of thinking about it. See, when I've given my life to him in salvation, he is my Lord. He's not something that I try to fit into my life and fit into my schedule. He is the one that sets all of that. So, so my, wife, my wife, every once in a while, says something that totally mystifies my brain. Some of you guys may identify with what I'm saying here. But very specifically, it's what she says. I don't get this at all. She will say, and usually later in the day, she'll say, I'm really hungry. That's not unusual, but this is what's unusual. She'll say, because I forgot to eat lunch. <laughs> and that mystifies me. Because I won't tell you how old I am, but I will tell you there has never been a day in my entire life where I've forgotten about lunch. <laughs> not, not one single time. Now, there have been times I purposely haven't eaten lunch, but I still thought about it. I still knew somewhere, and I'm an early eater, so right about 11 o'clock, I know this is, we're hitting lunchtime about now. You know what I'm saying? Mystify. How can you forget about lunch? Because lunch it, isn't... You know, eating food, and it's not what it's the entirety of what she's given her life to. It's just she puts it in where it works in her schedule. You can't treat God like she treats lunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get to him today, and I'll try to pick up my cross today. Oh, I forgot. And later than I knew, I forgot. See, the mentality is I've given my life to me so it's second to him. It's second nature for me to wake up each day and pick up my cross. Then say, God, today I give myself to you. Order my day. Show me the paths today. And help me do so in your strength and, and, and wisdom and, and your understanding. See, when God encompasses your life, the life that you grow into is simply reflective of life that follows him in, in everything. See, I, I want to sh show you something here. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 18. I'm going to contrast two... Uh, Passage of scripture when Jesus is uh, dealing with the disciples. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18 says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Now watch the response here. At once they left their nets and followed him. 
See, for the disciples, those nets were an occupation. It was, it was a way that they made money. But those nets also can represent their agenda, their wants, their way of life, living life on their terms. And notice, to follow Jesus, you got to lay down your nets. But here's a contrast here, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Matthew 16, verse 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Go to verse 25. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. Verse 26. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? You see the contrast there? You got to follow Jesus in a way that you put your net down, freeze your hands of your agenda, your wants, your needs, your desires, your way of doing things, your understanding. See that? And these fishermen that Jesus called... This was all that they knew. They grew up in this. This was their livelihood. This is what they were taught. And Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you literally have to lay all of that down. But then later, he said, now I'm going to tell you what to do with your hands. If you lay your net down, you have the opportunity to pick your cross up. Because what you do is when you pick your cross up, is now you traded agendas. Now you traded your understanding. Now you traded a way of life. Now you traded your wants and your needs and your desires for his. You see that? And if you notice in the wording of that, notice how Jesus put that. He said, lay down your nets, your possessive, and pick up your cross, possessive. Literally changing everything about you so your desires now become what he wants. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. But it only happens when you put that down and pick this up. And when you pick this up, then God is like, okay, now let's order your life. Again, this has to do with sin, it has to do with things that are not beneficial to you, but it'll also teach you how to be a good spouse. And he'll teach you how to be a good parent. And he'll teach you how to be a good employee or business owner. You see? He'll teach you what it means to have your role in the church and ministry. He'll even tell you it's good to rest and, and recreate. But what he'll do is then he'll put them in the proper place in your life. 
but you'll never let him do it till you pick your cross up. Because in that, you will only ever learn what it means to lose your life to gain life. Because as long as you're wanting to hold on to this and keep this, you'll never know what full life is like in him. You see that? So Karen, if you'll put the last screen up, and we'll, we'll close with this. You cannot pick up your cross until you have fully laid down your net. You see that? You, you can't do this. I'm going to do both, God. Let, let me just, hold on, hold on. I got this, God. I got this. We're going to make this work. And I can because you empower me. I can do all things through you. And he said, that's not what I was talking about. I'm going to do both of this. I, I, I want to do what you want me to do, but I still got some things that I want to take care of. I got my own dreams and plans. No, you, you can't fully carry your cross until you fully lay down your net. And you have given your life to him in such a way that now you can be taught. Now you can be given wisdom. Some of y'all lack wisdom in your life because you're fighting God with what you should be doing with yourself. Some of y'all are lacking strength in your life that would come from him because you're still trying to do it your way. See. And he starts to not only bring brand new abundant life, these paths of righteousness, but now listen, this is the best way to go about this. Your spouse is your number one priority. Pay attention to them. Your kids come right after that. Your job shouldn't be in front of either one of those. Certainly your recreation should never be in front of any of those. He begins to order your life. Why? Because he knows what's best. So over the next three weeks, they're going to start breaking down some of those things for you and getting more detailed about it. But I wanted to start today, big picture, look, pick up your cross. And let him start to reorder your life. Because life is best when ordered God's way. So, do you know how much we find in the church, followers of Jesus? Struggles in marriage. Struggles in parenting our kids. Struggles in finances. A lot of times directly connected to just the priority order. So I know they're going to get in this next week, but nothing will ever come before my wife, not even my kids. Nothing will ever come before her. But the moment things start to come before her, you know what's going to happen? Struggles in my marriage. You see, I'm getting at ordering of your life. But if you haven't fully given your life to him, it'll never get ordered properly. You got to give it all. Well, I've given 95%, but there's just one little box right over here. I just like it. No, you got to give it. 
And we have to start in a place of submission and obedience and simply learn to trust. He's not going to do you wrong. He's not going to lead you astray. He's not going to mess your life up. Paths that are straight. So how about we stand up this morning? In order for them to get to what they want to get to over the next three weeks, how about we start today with making sure that we've given all of our life to him? And I'll I'll be honest with you, I bet for a lot of you it's not a hard thought process. For instance, you know, you know if there's sin in your life that should not be there. You know. But you haven't given it. You know, you know, you know where that sin goes. This thing's out of whack in your life. You know. You know, generally you know if, if, if your job is too big of a priority in your life. You know. Chances are your spouse has told you at some point. You know, you know if you've been neglecting time with your kids. You know it. Whatever the case may be. How about we give ourselves over today? start to let him to bump us back in line, back in order. Amen? So let's do that. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask for a response here in a moment. The response is going to be this. Maybe you're aware, but you struggle. Maybe it's been hard. I get it. Life isn't always easy. Maybe certain things have been so ingrained into you that that, that changing is just hard. But here's what I do know. The God that knows what's best for you also has the Holy Spirit who will help you. And he sent him to us to be our comforter, our counselor, to remind us of the things that he said and to empower us to live the life that he's calling us to live. So if you struggle, I'd like to pray with you today. We'll gather the team to to pray if, if, if there's a response. But we want to join with you in simple belief, faith, that God will do what only he can do. You know, something I, I learned a long time ago, I've been, again, pastoring for a long time. Something I learned a long time ago that absolutely changed my life in regards to pastoring. The Lord told me something one day, years and years ago. He said, you can't fix nobody, so stop trying. And I went, oh, what do you mean I can't fix anybody? You know what a pastor does? 
no, 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 no. Your job is to pastor. My job is to fix. Took this big burden off my shoulders. I was like, oh, wow. Amazing. Glad I know that. It makes me feel better about what I've been doing. Because if that's the case, I've been a big failure at what, what's going on around here. God has the power to deal with whatever you're dealing with. He is the one that builds our life. He's the one that changes us. He's the one that brings new life. He's the one that fixes us. So what I'd like to do is just, just have some people pray with you that we're, in, we're invoking the power of God in these moments for your situations. Amen? How about this? Let's just pray. As I'm praying, if you'd like prayer this morning, I want you to come down and we'll, we'll gather around you and pray with you, okay? But Lord, we come today to give all of ourselves to you. We hold nothing back. There's no part of who we are that we're in better wisdom than you and how to do that in our life. For Lord, you are the one that sets our path straight. You are the one that gives and, and, and produces and brings us into a thriving place of abundant life. Only you. Lord, as we, as we commit ourselves to you in all that we do, I pray that we find that place of, of comfort and, and peace, contentment. Knowing, Lord, that you are making our paths straight. We thank you for that. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Because we live this life to your glory. We live this life because you are the God who created out of love and you love us. We long to have relationship with you. Deep, growing relationship. Lord, help us there. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, if you have something that you know that's out of place in your life, I encourage you right now to give it over to him. Let him know. Just tell him. Lord, Lord, it's this. Lord, it's that. Whatever it is, give it to him. And let him start to teach you what it means to put it in the right place. In Jesus' name. That way we all raise our hands up. So again, if you want prayer, come on down right now. In Jesus' name. We raise our hands up to you this morning, Lord, in commitment to you. We give these things over to you. Lord, help us in these areas. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord. Just worship him just for a moment. Worship him just for a moment. In Jesus' name. We worship you today and we praise you, Father. Your name is highly exalted. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. 
I'm going to dismiss you. You can go. The worship team's going to play for a few more moments. We're going to pray with the, the handful that's come down. Come back Wednesday night for small groups. Sign up in the lobby for it if you haven't. Next steps, go over to 305 and be there for that. Be blessed as you go, but come on down. We'd love to pray with you, but have a blessed, blessed week. We'll see you back Wednesday night. Yeah.